I'm Greg Jarrett. I'm Shannon Bream. I'm Steve Ducey, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, May 7th, 2021. I'm Trey Angst. The Biden administration said this week it supports suspending intellectual property rights on COVID-19 vaccines. In other words, should that recipe be sold uh, to other companies around the world at no cost, really, uh, to develop their own stockpiles of vaccines? And until this week, there appeared more or less to be consensus between the United States and Europe about holding the line. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. The news that President Biden supports intellectual property rights being suspended on COVID-19 vaccines drew criticism from some U.S. allies, including Germany. The Biden administration sees the move as part of an effort to make vaccine availability more widespread and less political, though critics worry the decision plays into the hands of China. Intellectual property rights have long been a lasting dispute between Washington and Beijing. Right now, obviously, there's an immense push um, by developed countries like the United States and uh, parts of the EU, the European Union, to get as many vaccines as possible to developing countries who obviously don't have the resources or the means to acquire them or produce them themselves. For more on this story, this is Craig Singleton of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. And so for several months now, there's been a pretty robust debate in the United States as well as in Europe, uh, where all of the major manufacturers of vaccines and the producers of vaccines are located, about whether they should loosen the patent protections around the vaccine recipe. In other words, should that recipe be sold uh, to other companies around the world at no cost, really, uh, to develop their own stockpiles of vaccine? And until this week, there appeared more or less to be consensus between the United States and Europe about holding the line that the, re- the relaxation of these uh, restrictions on patents uh, was actually not really linked to production of vaccines. And Yesterday, the announcement sort of created a diplomatic break between Washington and Brussels. Um, And now I think Washington and uh, European allies are sort of trying to pick up the pieces and figure out, well, where do we go from here? And what does it mean going forward when we talk about intellectual property protecting um, valuable uh, corporate entity property restrictions when we're talking about a, a, a threat from China? where you have a country that sort of engages in rampant intellectual property theft. Is this sort of the moment the the dam breaks, so to speak? In terms of this vaccine, what was the thinking behind the announcement by the Biden administration? What are they hoping to gain by opening up the intellectual property rights for basically anyone around the world to use, despite the fact they were developed by private companies? Yeah, I think there's a real, I think, benevolent interest here on the part of the administration to try to increase vaccine production around the world, recognizing that the more people that are actually vaccinated, the quicker um, the United States will be able to reopen, the quicker air corridors will be able to open with other countries. The problem is that vaccine production isn't being held up for for an issue related to intellectual property. It actually has to do with the the raw materials and the production facilities that go into making these highly complex vaccines. Uh, And so while the administration, I think, was under a certain amount of domestic political pressure from uh, certain politicians like Elizabeth Warren on the left to relax these restrictions, primarily because the vaccines were produced by, you know, Big Pharma, which is sort of a, a 
a key element to the political uh, dynamic on this issue. They were thinking, can we get more vaccines to more people? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the pharma companies who develop these vaccines. What does an announcement like this do to those companies? It seems like it totally cuts their competitive edge and would affect a lot of things internally and their ability to operate and make money off of this product they created. Absolutely. I mean, I think right out of the gate, you saw drops in the uh, the share prices for several of the major pharmaceutical companies involved in uh, investing billions of dollars to not only research, but to develop these vaccines. Um, you've seen a fairly strong response from this industry because up until now, there had sort of been a deal um, that this would not come to pass. And there seemed that until this week to be a united front between Europe and Washington to say, we want to protect and respect the amount of intellectual property capital that has been put into these major multi-billion dollar investments. Uh, and this sort of really uh, shifts the conversation quite sharply and in a way that obviously was not coordinated with our European allies who were caught very uh, by surprise by this announcement. You've been listening to Craig Singleton of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. We'll be right back. I want to dive in a little bit to the conversation about intellectual property as it relates to this ongoing dispute between Washington and Beijing. What have the Chinese done in the past as it relates to American intellectual property, and how could they use these same tactics when looking at something like a a vaccine? Are they basically stealing American ideas and using them in their own products? Is that the the layman's terms, to, so to say, of this? Sure. The Chinese Communist Party has a long documented history of engaging in sort of a three-step process of intellectual property. They rob U.S. companies and European companies of their intellectual property. They replicate the products that uh, is typically made, and then they seek to replace the U.S. entity, the U.S. business in the market uh, through sheer force of will and being able to operate at scale. And for a long time at the World Trade Organization and in other multilateral forums, uh, you've seen the Chinese sort of argue for a relaxation of certain intellectual property restrictions, primarily because they are seen as the primary um, sort of infringer on intellectual property around the world. And what is concerning about this recent announcement is it sort of plays into this narrative that the Chinese and under other intellectual property abusers have put forward is that how strongly do we need to really protect intellectual property? And so there is a concern that this is a slippery slope. Uh, companies that have spent millions or perhaps billions of dollars developing something, at what point can those uh, patent protections be weakened? Is this the start of a conversation about other industries, um, perhaps where the U.S. maintains a comparative advantage? And so it sort of opens a little bit of a Pandora's box at the same time that you see the World Trade Organization Director General coming out and saying, this is great and all, potentially, but it's not actually going to do anything about increasing vaccine production right now. And so I think that is sort of the head scratcher here is if it's not going to result in increased uh, vaccine production in the next 12 to 18 months, was this really the time or the moment to relax these intellectual property rights at the same time that we're trying to hold China accountable for constantly stealing U.S. intellectual property? Do you anticipate any change in behavior by the Biden administration, given the backlash from key European allies like the Germans? We saw German Chancellor Angela Merkel making a direct statement of disagreement with this decision. 
No, absolutely. I think, like I said, the Europeans were caught very off guard by this. I think up until this moment, they thought there had been some sort of transatlantic consensus. Um, one of the things I think we're going to see over the next few months is just sort of a tacit recognition that even though this announcement was made this week, it will take months of multilateral um, negotiation at the World Trade Organization to develop the actual framework uh, from which this sort of patent protection change will occur. Uh, we're talking maybe between now and December of this year before they actually have something codified on paper. And that's sort of a window of opportunity for the Germans and the other, other European partners to sort of push back on this idea, to sort of make the argument that vaccine production is not necessarily, this is not a panacea for global vaccine production. And it might provide the Biden administration with an opportunity to mend a few fences with Brussels and with Berlin, um, particularly as the U.S. and Europe gear up for what is going to be an intense conversation at the World Trade Organization about addressing China's distinctive economic model and its non-market practices. And for a while, this has been an area where the U.S. and the Europeans have not been on the same page. Uh, there had been a sense that perhaps they were moving in the right direction. And unfortunately, um, this is sort of an unforced error uh, on the part of the of the new administration. And not something that it's certainly something that could be overcomable, but it is uh, sort of a, sending a mixed message to partners in Europe who we need to take on China. Really appreciate your analysis on this, especially given a newsworthy week and a lot of questions about that relationship between the United States and European allies over this issue. Craig Singleton of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Craig, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.